Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. And it is a hot afternoon as I prepare to record. The weather is at 96 degrees Fahrenheit where I am. And you can feel it. It's it's dry and it's burning my skin. But that doesn't matter. Because we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. Well, I guess it's not a lot compared to last week's episode that it was like just like 800 shows happening at the same time. This time around, we just have two shows, but really, really important shows that we need to talk about. Because June 6th, Cyber Fight Festival. June 7, Dominion. Um, two really, really big shows. Some of them newsworthy, some just like of incredible magnitude. And I think uh, both shows kind of represent, uh, I think they're going to eventually go down in history as being like uh, a turning point of some sorts for both companies. I mean, for all companies involved um, because of what happened and what the shows meant. But let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's get to it. First off, Cyber Fight Festival 2021. This is a, I guess it's promotion co-promoted by several promotions. Uh, we have DDT Pro Wrestling Noah, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, Gambare, all the promotions that are under the Cyber Agent um, company parent company i think it's the best the proper way to say it um this took place at saitama super arena in saitama japan they actually managed to get 4800 people in and that is with covid restrictions uh without covid restrictions they may have gone easily the 5000 probably over 5000 i actually don't know uh, what the capacity of Saitama Super Arena is. Like, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that they could have easily closed the, the 5,000 people for this show. Um, this took place, like I mentioned, on the 6th. And this was, it was a long show. There were, there were a lot of matches, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, not all of them were like super long or anything, but. It was a long show, especially if you watch the pre-show and if you watch it in one sitting. I I, tr I I watched it live. I was live tweeting on Twitter. And by the time I came to the final two matches, I fell asleep in the for the entrances of Akiyama versus Harashima. And at that point, I was like, I already feel tired if I fell asleep once for five minutes uh before the match started i knew it was going to happen again so i decided let's just cut it off and we can start uh, again in the morning because uh, it was already about three in the morning my time when 
we were heading into the match. Uh, I think it was like three in the morning. It was two or three in the morning uh, when they were heading barely when they were barely heading out for Akiyama versus Harashima, and they, we still had Marufuji and Muto to go. And so I decided to just stop for the day. I woke up the next day, watched Akiyama, Harashima, and Marufuji Muto, and I was delighted. I actually, like, I don't know if that affected my like or dislike of the matches because coming off Yamashita versus Sasaki, I was hyped because I love that match. But at the same time, maybe because of that match, I would have thought that the next two matches were not as good. So maybe going to sleep and watching in the morning helped the matches or helped me see the matches like without being clouded by t being tired or by having just watched Jamashita versus Yuka Sakasaki. But uh, I think this is a show that we can start from the very beginning, the pre-show. Uh, the show started with the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling kind of just like having all of their mid-card uh, wrestlers out there. It was the team of Mirai Marumi, Suzume, Arisuendo, Haruna Neko, and Moka Miyamoto defeating the team of Kaya Toribami, which, who is uh, she's a master wrestler. I don't know who's underneath the mask, uh, to be precise, but I do believe this she is a debut for the promotion. I actually liked her mask; she looked like like Super Delphine. Uh, but it was Kaya Toribami, Mahiro Kiryu, Naokakuta, Pom Harajuku, and Raku. So, like I said, this is just your usual. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, like either opener or mid card wrestlers. There's a couple of like gems in in here. Uh, Mayumi, Susume, Arizuendo, uh, Mahiro Kiryu, Naokakuta. Like all of those combinations were really good. Toribami looked pretty decent um, for someone who probably doesn't have many many matches in her belt. Um, like. Arguably, the, the worst parts of the match were uh, Neko or Miyamoto versus Harayuku and Raku. But, I mean, it was a 12-minute match. Everyone got featured. It was the start of the show. People were just barely uh, getting into the building. And so, like, it's okay. Like, you don't take these matches uh, that seriously. Next up, we had the pre-show delayed entry battle royal. Uh, this... It's technically just like any other battle royal. The only difference was that eliminations don't count until everyone is in the match. And eliminations can be pins, submission, uh, knockout, or over the top rope. So we had... Well, the thing here is Antonio Honda defeated everyone that I'm about to say. <laughs> Akitoshi Saito... Katsuki Hirata, Makoto Ishii, Masao Inoue, Mohamed Yone, Saki Akai, Shuhei Taniguchi, Shu Sakurai, Toru Washi, Yoshiaki Jatsu, Juji Hino, Juna Manase, Yosuke Okada, and Juja Koroku. Um, this is a combination of people from NOAA and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. I don't think there was anyone from Gambare. Uh, and re well, actually, Juna Manase is from Gambare. And Saki Akai was representing DDT. Uh, she wasn't Saki-sama, so there were no Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling representative. 
but Antonio Honda won the whole thing. Uh, the match itself was pretty much a bunch of comedy. Um, the, I think like the most noteworthy things are that Joshiaki Jatsu is an he's an old timer. Um, you know he's he debuted like in the eighties, so uh, he recently retired in twenty nineteen uh, due to medical reasons. Uh, and he recently, I believe it was recent, he lost his leg, I do believe, to diabetes. And so he was wrestling here with a prosthetic leg. And, I mean, for a guy with a prosthetic leg and for his age, because I, like, I, I, I'm not truly sure how old he is, but if he debuted in the 80s, in 1980, uh, you have to assume that he's at least... Uh, 60 years old but he was looking good you know for someone who doesn't who's lacking a leg and who is already old so that was one thing uh the other stuff was that uh funky express it was uh yone taniguchi uh inoue and who am i missing sakurai was it sakurai no sakurai is from gambare uh and saito akitoshi saito uh, they all came together as the Funky Express. Um, there was some, some like a little interaction between them and Saki Akai, uh, and that was pretty much it. Uh, the unfortunate parts of this match saw Okada and Oishi get eliminated first, so we didn't really get to see them like do anything. I would have loved to see, uh, I don't know, like Okada and Taniguchi, for instance, you know. Or Okada and Saito. That that would have been nice. Um what else? Yeah, like that, that was pretty much it. Like it was an uneventful battle royale. It lasted about twenty-two minutes, including people coming in. So it, it went by pretty fast. As your pre-show, like get everyone in the car type of match, this was perfect. Um I like giving that everyone got their own entrances. I marked out for Toru Owashi just because, like, listening to <laughs> Sandstorm at the Saitama Super Arena felt like special. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, like, I like the song and, and it was just a, a big venue. Same with Hidata. His song is pretty interesting. Uh, well, not interesting. Like, I just enjoyed that song. So, having them come have their own entrances was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, pretty much it. So, Honda won the Battle Royal. Uh, and the third match of the pre-show, this was the the Gambare match. Uh, Koki Wasaki, Shuishihiro Katsumura, and Yumehito Imanari defeated the team of Keisuke Ishii, Ken Oka, and Shota. This, this went less than 10 minutes, um, like almost 10 minutes. I... I think I clocked it around nine minutes. Oh, uh, it was okay. I I think these guys were really, really, just uh, they they pushed themselves. They were really energetic and hyped, and they wanted to have a good match. And so you had a lot of action. Um, like you could tell that they were proud as a promotion, Gambare, to be able to be part of of this show together. Um, because even after the match, like they invited the rest of the Gambare roster, which are not many. Like I think there was just like four people missing, and they all kind of like celebrated together and try to put Gambare over. 
and they had some time because this was the last match of the pre-show so like they had a couple of minutes to celebrate while the show kind of like started to pretty much bring everything together to to start the 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 big shebang but yeah like i enjoy the the gambare match if if you've never seen gambare as a promotion it's it's not as wacky as ddt it's not as serious as noah uh but it is enjoyable in my opinion there are some interesting wrestlers there they they have at least my impression is that a lot of the wrestlers there are older or like not older i mean we're talking about noah here so not as old as noah but they're older they're, they're not like uh you're not gonna see like uh rookies or anything like that but uh it is an enjoyable promotion where you can see like some some good some good wrestling and some good characters and they're, they're, the shows are fun like they're not really shows that i'm like excited to talk about or anything but they are shows that if you put on uh you have nothing to do and you maybe you have it like as something in the background or something like that like you you will enjoy the action and everything like that so go watch gambare uh they're they're a good promotion they they're just growing they're 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 barely growing so enjoy it and we finally start the big show the main show the main card of the night and it was such a long card <laughs> but it was a, a fantastic fantastic card the show started proper with obviously we had like your opening videos about all the promotions and all that stuff um the the usual like opening ceremonies uh susumu fujita the ceo of cyber agent did the opening speech the stato and so i don't know it was like lukewarm video of just a bunch of promotions that are arguably little they're having there forever but they're not like big promotions noah who had like their ups and downs through their career um and now like they're all coming together and they're having this big show in super saitama so it was like nice you know look warm um the first match of the main show was uh junta miyawaki and kinia okada of pro wrestling noah versus toi kojima and yuki ino from ddt the match originally was going to have keigo nakamura on the ddt side and yasutaka yano on the noah side but nakamura got injured uh just days prior to the show and so that's why we had a uh two on two uh tag match instead of the six person match the match was really good i like i have seen okada and miyawaki before but i i don't know like I've, i guess i've never paid that much attention on them as i did in this match and i really enjoyed their work i I'm really high on this Okada too, so that makes the third Okada in pro wrestling that I particularly like a lot. Uh, I, there's something to that name, I guess. But um, it was good. The, the only bad thing here is that the team of Kojima and Ino were not exactly like the strongest team. Um, Kojima is still arguably quite green. He has some good stuff here and there, but... His size and his dressing is not necessarily at the par of Miyawaki and Okada. And Yuki Ino, he's really good, but he's also like 
a really particular wrestler that cannot necessarily just go and have matches with everyone. He has a really particular style that doesn't merge well with a lot of people. So, like, for instance, him and Okada look good, but him and Miyawaki was not necessarily as good. Um, this is a match that I would, like, love to have Hideki Okatani and, and Okada, uh, the Yusuke Okada. That would have been a banger. That would have been fantastic. Um... That probably would have been better than some of the more established people's uh, matches for the night. But nonetheless, this was good. And um, like I wasn't particularly counting, but if you're counting at this point, it's DDT1 because of the Antonio Honda match and Noah 1 because of this one. So we are one on one, uh, I guess, 0 on 1 if you're not counting the pre show. Next up, we have the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, three-way tag team match or yeah three-way tag team match Hyper Misao and Shoko Nakajima defeated the team of Hakuchimu, Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi uh, otherwise known as Daydream and the Bakurato sisters Noloka Tenma and Juki Aino the match was also le uh, less than 10 minutes uh, I think like about 8 and it was freaking awesome Shoko Nakajima was just like she was like on another level like she was just crazy all over the place fantastic moves spots everything Choko Nakajima was the MVP but like right behind her Miyu Watanabe was doing like some crazy ass like uh again well she's a powerhouse she's supposed to be a powerhouse um so she was doing like the the double scoop slam and stuff like that like Watanabe was great Rika Tatsumi uh Fantastic. She didn't do much, but what she did was fantastic. The Bakuretsu sisters. I did think that Aino uh, was kind of missing in the match, but Nodoka Tenma was coming in and out, and she also had like some pretty cool spots. Hyper Misado, um, I, I guess similar to Aino, she would come in and out, but um, like to me, it was just Nakajima, Watanabe, and Tatsumi who were just like killing it inside the the ring uh, just like i don't know like nakajima was motivated to to win and at the end she got the win with a top rope sent on on aino for the win so like right there you know second match of the night uh technically the first women's match uh of the actual show and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling is killing it. Next up, we had what I, I would argue is the worst match of the night. Uh, Sugiura Gon, Kazuchi uh, Sakuraba, and Takashi Sugiura defeated Dan Shokudino and Super Sasa Dango Machine. So what happened here is that this was the... F like, like We're going to compare later to another couple of matches, but this was the first inter... Well, I guess... This was the first interpromotional match where they did comedy, like DDT comedy versus Noah serious stuff. Um, in this particular match, Sugiura and Sakuraba kind of did some comedy, but you could tell that it wasn't, they were not like full in on trying to have a comedy match. Um, and I kind of noticed it because. And what they did, they, I, like, you have Danshoku Dino there, and we just saw Dino versus Akiyama, and 
I mean, there's not many people more serious than Akiyama in pro wrestling. But even then, Dino got a couple of spots in. And in this particular match, Dino had nothing. He didn't do anything. Like, the closest he did was break a submission by touching Sakuraba's butt. And that was it. Like, Dino didn't do anything in this match. Uh, and... Like Sugura's comedy just pretty much came in came by like by using uh, stockings like to create a mask, and that was it. Like that as far as Sugura did, Sakuraba didn't really do any comedy really, um, and like it kind of works in the way that Sugura and Sakuraba shouldn't technically do a lot of comedy uh, because Noah takes themselves way too seriously. And so they don't do comedy. They're all about seriousness. Uh, so it's understandable. But at the same time, I think you can do... Well, you can allow comedy to exist around you. And you can still maintain yourself to be a serious guy. And, like, it's just a matter of watching Akiyama versus Dino as an example. Like, the latest example. Where you can do uh, a certain amount of comedy without jeopardizing or, or without looking like a fool uh, and I think Akiyama did it right Sugiura and Sakuraba didn't do it right uh, and like I don't know what it is I don't know if uh, Sugiura and Sakuraba are not like comfortable enough with their sexuality to allow Tenshokutino to touch their penis or whatever but they just they just went into it like the the stocking thing as a mask i guess it's like it's funny because sugura does it but it's not funny by itself and and that's as far as it goes you know uh, and just having a mask is not funny either like the funny thing about the mask is doing the faces pulling the mask all that stuff and sugura just kind of like kind of like went through it just by putting on the mask and and like oh look he has a mask that's it so i thought this was super weak um like i don't know i just felt like if you're not gonna have a serious like if you're gonna like full fully go in then don't book the match and instead of this they could have just done i don't know like uh i don't know like maybe another combination like Maybe Toruowashi uh, could have been here and like this could have been like, I don't know, like maybe at like Toruowashi and maybe Hirata, you know, and they can have a semi-comedy, semi-serious match. Instead, we didn't get that. Uh, next up, we have Masaki Tamiya defeat Hideki Okatani. This was a squash match less than, than three minutes, really. Uh, so this match happened because in the last Noah show, uh, Masaki Tamiya turned on Congo. Well, he turned on Nakajima and he left Congo. And so he was out of the match. And so we had this singles match was a squash match. Like this, this is something that I, I, I kind of like debated. Why do we really need this match? Uh, I understand you want to have Masaki Tamiya in the show, but um, it just comes comes to me like, you could have waited a couple days for the angle. You could have done the angle here uh, or whatever. Or just have this match in the pre-show maybe. But 
at least it was three minutes. It's okay. Like, there's no reason to complain. But yeah, like, there's nothing to that match. It's just a squash match. Uh, we have the team. This was another Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling match. Maki Ito, Marika Kobayashi, and Yuki Kamifuku, who were going as the Saitama Ito Respect Army 2021. <laughs> um, they defeated the team of Hikari Noa, Misuki, and Juki Arai. Juki Arai is the idol who just recently debuted as a wrestler. Um, I think she has less matches than I have fingers in my hand. And I haven't lost any fingers, so I guess that means something. But um, the match was actually kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, well, it's just a matter of seeing who is involved in the match, you know. Like, Makito, Yuki Kamifuku are not particularly good wrestlers. Yuki and I just debuted, like, might be like about a month ago or slightly uh, more. Uh, Maria Kobayashi is still quite young and green, but she is, her basics are, are there. Hikari no Mizuki are your, pretty much your workhorses of this match. They are the, the best ones, but they're on the same team. And so, like, this match really had to come around of having uh, Marika Kobashi versus Noah Mizuki for like the actual like good wrestling and then kind of work around with Makito and Juki Arai to have like some spots of Arai getting worked on and then having a little comeback but that was it like and so because of that like the match wasn't really good but I think this like Something about the the layout of the whole show altogether was that there was there were like certain sections of the show that like in this point where we are with Makito Marika and in, in, in this match, uh, the show becomes a three on three exhibition type of match where you show matches within wrestlers of your own promotion. But you're kind of showcasing what you got. Uh, prior to that, we had a couple of interpromotionals, like lower totem pole uh, type of matches. After this, we have like the big upper in the in the totem pole interpromotional matches, and then we have our three main events. So there's like certain sections of the show as we keep going. This is the first show that is a showcase of the promotion itself. And so I think the wrestlers that were chosen for this were good. Uh, Makito, Yuki Gamifuku are like one of like two of the most iconic or not iconic, but like better recognized wrestlers of the promotion, both in Japan and the US or like all over the world. They they are really, really popular. Misuki Hikari Noah are two. Mizuki's like already well established. She's also quite popular. Hikari Noah is kind of like on her way up. Uh, Marika Kobashi and Yukirai are new, but you can tell that Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling has a lot of investment in them. And all of that aside, they're all kind of like related in a way to being idol uh, superstars or idol characters. Makito is a fire idol. Marika Kobashi, I don't know if she's an idol, but she surely comes off as one. Same as Kamifuku. Kamifuku is more of a model. Uh, Hikari Noa is part of the Up Up Girls. 
I don't know if Misuki has ever been a idol, but she was part of uh, the original Makito uh, group, and Yukiara is an idol. So it, there's a, like like a theme here, and I think that's like putting them at this point of the show. It's kind of like to showcase them, even if the match is not necessarily the best. Uh, but you showcase them, and then I mean, having Kobashi and Misuki and Noah, you're gonna have a pretty decent match. Uh, even Makito can do some stuff. But so like the match can defend itself, but it's also getting some people the the screen time, I guess. But yeah, it was a it's a okay match. Um, like I said, Makito at the end defeated Juki Arai. Uh, next up, we had the Noah Showcase match, and this was pretty much your every show junior heavyweight match. This was Atsuchi Kotoge, Daisuke Harada, and Hajime Ohara. Defeating the team of Stinger, uh, Hayata, Seki, Yoshioka, and Joshinari Ogawa. And if you've seen a Noah show in the last six months, more than likely you saw these six guys fight one way or another, be it uh, a three and three, a two and two, or a singles match. Just the last show, the, the Misawa Memorial show, we saw joshioka and kotoge fight for the titles and we saw harada and ohara versus ogawa and hayata for the tag titles so it's a good match but at the same time it's the same match that we've seen many many times i i was like okay i mean like nothing special uh so i don't know like and i mean we can compare this to the next one the the ddt showcase match because that was also something that we've seen a lot in the last months. It was Daisuke Sasaki, Somatakao, and Tetsuya Endo of Damnation defeat the team of Mao and Shuma Katsumata of the Sanana Kamina team and Chris Brooks. That's also like a combination that we've seen a lot in the last couple of months. But, but there was a difference in the type of match that they had. The DDT match was way more action-packed, way more uh, high-flying. They did a lot of spots with uh, certain weapons. And when you see the the Noah match, it was just the same thing we see every time. Uh, just good wrestling. It's really good wrestling, but it's, it's the same good wrestling that we see over and over and over again. So, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, like I, I would definitely say that one was way more enjoyable than the other and that is coming from someone who has been watching the same shows like pretty much every show you know that noah and and ddt has put up in the last couple of months but yeah those were the two showcase matches and then we go into the big big ddt versus congo match this was on the side of congo how katsushiko nakajima keno Manabu Soya, Nio, and Tadasuke versus the team of DDT. Um, Kazusada Higuchi, Jukio Sakaguchi, Akito, Naomi Yoshimura, Sanshiro Takagi, and Jukio Naya. The team, the, the fight was... The fight and feud was like really what DDT versus Noah was about. The whole battle of philosophies in wrestling. Um, and these guys made it work while while Dino Dango versus Sugiura and, and 
Sakuraba failed to do it, these guys did it perfectly because at no point did Congo betray their their philosophy. Uh, neither did uh, GDT, but they still made it work and they decided which stick from DDT should work against Congo and which shouldn't. And I think that was like the best way to do it. Um, like one of the most interesting, like not interesting, but like the most noteworthy spots in the match comes when uh, Takagi tries to use the dramatic dream mobile, the bicycle against Keno and they block it. Uh, but then Keno uses the bicycle on Takagi. And so it's like they are picking and choosing which things actually kind of like work. Because later on, we saw Jukyo Naja attack with the, I don't remember what it's called, the, the Mecha Mummy Punch. And that didn't work. And so like they're picking and choosing which things should work, which shouldn't. And at the end of the day, the match demonstrates that even if they play with stick, every guy in GDT is still a guy that can take you in a match and kick the shit out of you. And and that we saw with the beautiful and fantastic pair up of Sakaguchi versus Nakajima or Keno. Sakaguchi was the start of the match. He has this... I don't know if they have a history together, but he has a rivalry with Keno. And, like, they just couldn't, like, keep their eyes out of each other. It was just, like, intense, the stuff between them. And, like, even before they could get in a fight, Sakaguchi got in a fight with Nakajima, and it was stiff as fuck. Bunch of kicks, bunch of slaps. And then comes Keno, and he goes again, back-to-back, kicks and slaps. Um... But that's kind of like where you see that the team of DDT is not all fun and games. They also have a lot of competent fighters, wrestlers that at any given time, they're going to kick your ass. And we saw that with Akito. We saw that with Yoshimura. We saw that with Higuchi. Even Takagi, when we, when it came down to Takagi and Keno, and Keno just like slapped the sh- like literally st- slapped the fuck out of like... Takagi, like there's pictures on Twitter and Takagi's face is, is purple uh, because Keno went stiff on, on Takagi, but Takagi wouldn't go down and he kept getting back up and he kept getting back up. And so like the match is demonstrating like, hey, like Takagi likes to, to play, but at the end of the day, he's not going to back down and he's going to come for a fight and like you better bring it because otherwise Takagi is going to kick your ass. And and that was the beauty of this match. Uh, it was a battle of philosophies where they knew how much to push on either side and make it work. And I thought that was beautiful. Um, and I don't know, like there were many, many things that like, I was really put down when Kitamiya left because I was really looking forward to seeing Kitamiya versus Higuchi and Kitamiya versus Yoshimura. But they still made it work. Uh, like, how Neo and Tadasuke as a trio work really well. 
and so they have some really cool interactions uh obviously at one point the match came down to higuchi and sakaguchi versus nakajima and keno and that is a tag team dream match at least for me um so yeah a lot of stuff we got some Manabu Sorius Higuchi, which I guess was as good as it could get when it came to to Haas stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. <laughs> but yeah, like th this was, I could I could, I could say that this was my favorite match of the show. It may not have been the best match, but I think it was my favorite match of the show just because of the the story, the battle of philosophies, and how these two teams interacted with each other. It was just crazy fantastic. Next up, we have the final interpromotional match. So at this point, if you've been keeping track, Antonio Honda won for DDT. Um, Kini Okada and Junta Miyawaki won for Noah. So we're 1-1. One, one. Sugiragon won for Noah. So we're 1-2. Masakita Miya won for Noah. 1-3. And, and then DDT team won for DDT. So we're 2-3. And the final match... For the tie, the Sanana Kamina team of Takeshita and Yuki Ueno defeated Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura to make it three and three. So each promotion gets three wins uh, in a way. If you don't want to count the Antonio Honda one, then it's Noah three and, and DDT two. But uh, I think for that matter, DDT won the two important matches of the night. And so the second one was Takeshita and Weno versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura. Uh, uh, this match should have had the slogan of a battle of the future of each promotion. <laughs> uh, because re realistically, like, I think both promotions see Takeshita and Weno as the future of DDT and Kiyomiya and Inamura uh, as the future of Noah, uh, or at least parts of the future you know like because on DDT you also have um Mao you have Tetsuya Endo and you have even Shunma Katsumata you know like there's a lot of guys that you can still put your coins in and on the side of Noah I mean Kiyomiya Inamura Okada Kitamiya I think Kitamiya is going to have a really strong uh second part of 2021 and so yeah I mean they're just part of of the story but this was pretty fantastic uh this was all action i i think a lot of people will vote this as the match of the night um i didn't i think the match of the night like actual rating will be the, the next match the princess of princess title match but i think a lot of people would consider this particular match as a match of the night because it was just fantastic. Like the interaction between Ta Takeshita and Kiyomiya was great. Weno versus Inamura was your your small guy versus big big guy type of wrestling. Weno um, versus Kiyomiya at the end of the match was fucking fantastic. Like Weno looked like a superstar. Uh, and Takeshita versus Inamura did some powerhouse stuff. Like pretty much what we've seen with Takeshita and Hino, similar. So it was just like a great combination and um, something that we can kind of like see here is the also like how each promotion has been booking their guys for the last couple of months. Uh, because back in February, when Akiyama won the title, Muto already had the, the, the title from Noah. 
people started to talk and speculate. Oh, so it's probably going to be Takeshita taking the title from Akiyama and Kiyomiya taking it from Muto. A couple of months later, Kiyomiya is in a losing streak and a downward, downward spiral type of storyline. Um, whereas Takeshita is still pretty much on poise, most likely to win the King of DDT and to challenge Akiyama for Peter Pan and probably take the title at Peter Pan. And also Juki Bueno, who like he was a, a really good, he was like a champion in a tag team uh, for almost a year. Lost that title, but then won the universal title and has been pretty well. He is an underdog, but he has been doing pretty well. And in this match, it came down to Bueno and Kiyomiya, and Bueno got the win with the best moonsault ever. And, like, talk about a guy whose career has skyrocketed in the last couple of months, pinning the guy who has a downward spiral storyline going on. So it's kind of poetic in that sense. I have to imagine that Kiyomiya's breaking point has to be close. He's already starting to push away Inamura. So I have to imagine that the breaking point is close to, to happening. Uh, what happens with that, I don't know. Uh, because he cannot get his wins back from Muto. That's for sure. So we'll see uh, where Kiyomiya goes. Maybe maybe Kitamiya and Kiyomiya will make a team. Or maybe Kitamiya and Inamura make a team when Kiyomiya turns heel. Does Kiyomiya join, um, like, I don't know, like Keno? Or Nakajima? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, um, it was a fantastic match. Just a lot of action. It, this one's hard to describe because it was just a lot of action and a lot of spots. And it's just something that you need to go out of your way to watch for sure. Uh, like this show itself is something that you need to go out of your way to watch. And I think this match just should go out of your way to watch of the whole thing. Next up, we have the three main events, the three title matches for each promotion. Each one of them handpicked um, to pretty much like showcase the the champion at the time, but also like maybe one of the most like showcase the most iconic wrestlers of each promotion in a way. And so the first one is the Princess of Princess Championship match. Miyu Yamashita defeated Juka Sakasaki around 16 minutes. This was just fantastic. Also non-stop action. They didn't have a lot of time. Uh, if you compare the time of the last five matches, this was the shortest one. So uh, this was match my match of the night. Uh, just I don't know, like it was just really intense. Uh, Sakasaki is, I've said it many many times. I think she's like one of the best women wrestlers in the world. Jamashta is probably like close second or third. And. I know, like, I've seen these two wrestle live. I've seen them wrestle on, on pay-per-view. I've seen them wrestle everywhere, and they always deliver. Like, they just have, like, an amazing chemistry. They know how to, like, fight each other. Uh, even, like, this match had one specific botch that I can remember, but it was even a botch that they know how to make it work so that it just, like, it doesn't kill the match. It just kind of seems like okay it didn't work but now i'm gonna make it work and i'm gonna hurt you and and that's that's something beautiful that both sakasaki and jamashita have um jamashita won with the crash rabbit kick after pretty much surviving a a magical girl splash 
Uh, she didn't hit the 450. She just hit the splash. And so maybe that's why Sakasaki didn't get the win. But yeah, Jamashita retains the championship. This was her first victory, her first defense. So there was no chance she was going to lose it. Um, given how Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling is right now, I would imagine she keeps the title for a while because uh, there's no point in in taking it quickly off Jamashita. I think they just they should let her keep the title probably until like October, November, and then maybe consider changing it. Otherwise, just keep it till I don't know, like January fourth. Then we had the KOD Openweight Championship defense. Juna Kijama defeated Harashima and by like. It's a referee's decision. He he choked out Harashima. Uh, the match was also a lot of action. Uh, 18 minutes. This was uh, slightly longer. And what I liked about this match was that the finish came at a point where... Like, you could tell Harashima was not defeated. But Akijama locked in a hole that he... Uh, that Harashima just wasn't able to escape. And he choked him out. And so it, it felt like really MMA-ish. In the sense that... The, the finish came not because you wore your wrestler, your opponent down until he couldn't kick out. It was just like, I got you with a submission and you tapped out or you, you choked out. So I really like that part. Uh, the action itself was just pretty much uh, working on each other's heads because both guys' uh, arsenal is pretty much built towards something in the head. <laughs> Akijama has... All the exploders and and the knees to the head. Harashima has the somata, so it's all it's all head related. So it's just like a lot of just working the head, pretty much. But um, it was a good match. I I thought it was uh, maybe third best match of the night um, in terms of work rate. But like the last five matches were all pretty similar uh, in terms of great uh, rating. Um, so I don't know. This could be like third or fourth depending on on how you you enjoy certain things of the previous matches and the main event of the night was Naomichi Marufuji defeating Keiji Muto to finally uh, take the title off of him the GHC heavyweight championship and this was pretty weak I mean well so I thought it was Keiji Muto's best match of the reign like, I'm not counting the Chosaki match because the, the Go Chosaki, I had a different mentality of what to expect. Like, at that point, we all kind of knew that Muto was winning, but we didn't know. The rest of the matches were just kind of like, uh, there's Muto defending, Muto defending, Muto defending. And and so when it came to, like, Muto defending type of match, I thought this was the better match of the, of the whole reign. Um, they... They pretty much worked each other's legs and until they started working each other's heads. <laughs> because again, uh, Marufuji has the kicks in the knees. Muto has a shining wizard. And so uh, it was really similar to that sense to the KOD open weight championship match. But um, nonetheless, it was the weakest match of the title matches. But understandably, this had to be the main event. Not just because it was a title change, but also, I mean... It's Muto. You have to put in the main event. Like, you're not going to have Muto <laughs> uh, in a title match and not be the main event. But uh, I think just, just for the sake of it being a title change, it was worth just having in there and enjoying it. 
Uh, this did go almost 25 minutes, which was slightly long for a Muto match. That is the problem with Muto. Like Muto can can have like short matches and be okay, but when they go long, they drag. They tend to drag. They just tend to drag. But um, the the one thing that I do have to praise here for Muto is that he really wanted to go out with a bang. He put a lot of effort. He hit the first moonsault that he, that he has executed like in the last three years or so. And so he was definitely like trying to put on a show. And, and that I do respect out of uh, Muto. And, and yeah, and Marufuchi won with a couple of knees to the face until he pretty much knocked out Muto and just pinned him. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be really impartial with Muto. He is a guy that obviously came into Noah to to have a vanity title run where he now can say that he's held the championships of all promotions. He can now say that he had the two biggest gates of Noah in the last couple of years uh, between Budokan and this show. Uh, he, he can claim a lot of stuff. The one thing he won't be able to claim is that he put any of the young guys over because he came in, he defeated, you know, Kiyomiya, he defeated uh, Kitamiya. And then he went to the only guy probably in the promotion aside from Gochosaki who doesn't need putting over and he put him over. And that's Marufuji, who is already legendary, established and everything. And I mean, up there in age. So, I mean, the, the, that is the, the, I guess the, the part we do, we do need to accept that Muto got a Muto, you know, but I think nonetheless, the, the show was fantastic. The magnitude of the show was definitely like crazy big. This felt like a big, big thing. Um, it's not going to get a lot of talk in the U S because realistically nothing makes noise like nothing in japan makes noise in the u.s unless it's new japan but uh i do think this was a bigger show i think this was the biggest show that we've seen in japan this year and that is uh considering that we had the the wrestle kingdom and that we had this the hinamatsuri all-star dream cinderella from stardom in budokan i do think this was slightly bigger than that uh so I don't know, like go watch it. Definitely. I, I, I totally recommend watching this show. Um, if you are not familiar with, with one of the promotions, maybe this is a good way to get familiarized with that promotion because you're going to be able to see, like, if you like work rate, then you have Noah and then you can watch what DDT and Tokyo Joshi is doing. If you like Joshi, then you can watch the Joshi stuff and then see what the other two promotions are doing. And same with DDT. So I think this is a good entry way for a lot of people to check out what these promotions are doing. Even Gambare, uh, if you don't know anything about them, go watch their match and see what the faces in Gambare are. And maybe you'll see like a couple of faces that you're like, huh, like I recognize that guy now. I'm going to go watch what he's doing. And so totally recommend this show. Um, Cyber Five Festival. It should be already up in Wrestle Universe because I think uh, since it was live, I think they just keep it open on their subscription level. And so go watch the show. The other show that happened this weekend, well, technically Monday, 
uh, June 7th at Osaka Joe Hall. They had about 3,000 people. And that is New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. Where Shingo Takagi, the dragon, my boy, defeated Kazuchika Okada at 36 minutes to win the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And for all of those people that said, man, Chingo's just like Ishii or Goto, you know, they're they're fantastic wrestlers, but they're never going to get the title. Well, this one's for you. This one's for us who never thought that Chingo Takagi was going to get the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And now he is the champion. He is the guy. He is the man on top. The match was fantastic. I... I'm having hard time to compare it to the G1 Climax match and the New Japan Cup match uh, because those two matches, they tend to have l like less uh, repercussions or like they're not as big. Like Okada can lose to Chingo at the G1 Climax or the New Japan Cup. It's okay. It doesn't really matter. Those matches are not as important, but this one was. And so... I do feel that even if the action may have been better in those other two matches, I think this match, just for the importance of it, was better. But if you want to see it from the work rate perspective, then maybe those matches were slightly better because just because of time constraints, they were more nicely packaged into a match. This one went 36 minutes, and so there was some time in the match where... You could tell like they were just like not stalling for time, but like slowing down and kind of like preparing to eventually come back up and up again. And so, uh, I don't know. You can see it either way. It was a fantastic match. Uh, the, the story of the match is pretty much that Chingo is a motherfucker who hits really, really hard. And when he hits you, it's usually with a pumping bomber and those fuckers hurt. On the other side, you have Kazuchika Okada, who is an incredibly like smart and technical wrestler who will find those spots where he can cut you off. And he is fantastic at that. The only problem is that he is hurting and Shingo Takagi, when he hits you, he fucking hits you and it hurts. And Takagi was working Okada's injured back. And so... As good as Okada is to go really long matches as to be able to cut you off here and there. Every time Shingo got him, it fucking hurt. And eventually, all the pain, they it piled up and he defeated Okada. And that was it. That was, just, that was all that happened in the match. Um, just a fantastic exchange. There was like some really cool action of Shingo blocking many, many things just with a pumping bomber and the crowd's going crazy the announcers are going crazy because every time he hits it's like pumping bomber and that was like so so enjoyable uh and then at the end he wins with a last of the dragons and i think i don't think anyone saw this coming i don't think the announcer saw it coming i don't think the crowd saw it coming i have a feeling that the only people who knew this was going to happen was ghetto shingo okada and maybe the great Okan, because <laughs> he was uh, out there as a second. But that's it. Like, 
this came out of nowhere when he hit the last of the dragon i was like oh he's gonna kick out like three what whoa and so i just exploded with excitement i was marking out for chingo takagi as a champion and i think overall like this gives like some good faith for the fans to make you believe that hey like these guys can win uh shingo has been a fan favorite of many many people for the last ever since he joined uh new japan really uh and even prior because shingo takagi was always one of the favorites in, in dragon gate like when he used to come to ring of honor he was always one of the favorites Shingo Takagi is loved by anyone. And I think, uh, you know, like kind of seeing him win the big one is so like heartwarming for the fans. It's like good faith. Like it's, it's New Japan telling the fans like, hey, we listen to you. We appreciate the workhorses. It's not just about the looks or whatever. Like we appreciate the guys that work hard and that can kick ass. And I think that that means a lot. And I think and I hope uh, fans all over the world realize that that these guys, they're not just like good hands, as they call them. You know, they're not they're not your fucking Cesaro's or I don't know, like, I guess there's no one in AW who we, we can use because they, the, the company just barely started. But they're not your Cesaro's who we all know are fantastic, but they're never going to get the shot. Uh, here, Shingo Takagi, he fucking got the shot. <laughs> you know, and that's fantastic. That is so, so good. And if you thought that was good, then let me tell you about Kota Ibushi defeating Jeff Cobb because, holy fuck, that was fantastic. And I let me just correct myself. The great Okan wasn't out there with Takagi. He was out there with Cobb. I don't know what I was thinking. Shingo was out there by himself. Uh, but yeah, Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. This was my favorite thing of the last maybe two months of New Japan. Um, the road shows, they were all worth watching just to see Ibushi and Cobb do shit together. These guys have like a fantastic chemistry that I have no idea how they found it, but they just have it. Um, like Jeff Cobb has. It, it took him a while, but he fa has finally learned how to be Jeff Cobb in Japan. He now has a confidence to to grab the Japanese guys and toss them around. I think he's learned how to communicate so that the Japanese guys can do what he needs to do to them. Kind of like, I don't know if I'm explaining myself, but like, um, I do think that at the start, Jeff Cobb was not, was having trouble communicating to tell like the wrestlers what to do so he could set up the moves and likewise i think like we, we saw with the suzuki match i think Cobb was just scared to manhandle some of these guys but i think with ibushi he has learned to do so i think he has gained the confidence he has learned his persona his point his place in the in the company and ibushi is just i mean there's a reason he calls himself the wrestling god uh he just knows how to work with Cobb and he knows how much to give him and he knows how much to take away. And that's fantastic. Um, Ibushi won with a Kamigoye, with a naked knee Kamigoye. Uh, but he had already, 
Hirakami Goyena Bomaye before, and so he gave Cobb that, and it was great. Uh, I still like Chingo versus Okada more, <laughs> just because it was like double the time, probably, because this only went like 15 minutes, but it was just a fantastic, like, I could watch these two guys wrestle each other for a long time, and considering that more most of the guy jeans the, the foreigners the gaikaku jeans sorry um are out of commission like hell let cough be the big billing right now like if evil right now has digressed himself into being a open way six-man wrestler and a king of pro wrestling wrestler then hey let cough be the monster of the promotion for a while and let him like establish himself up against Ibushi. Let him challenge Takagi for a shot. You know, like I don't know. They still haven't said anything about the G1, so I don't know if, when it's going to start. But if we have still a calendar for July and August that it's not G1, let, like we know Ibushi is the next challenger. Let Cobb be the next next challenger, and just. Yeah, like, there's no reason why not to. Like, Takaki and Cobb, we've seen them. They had a fantastic match. They can do it again. So, that's only going to help Cobb. It's only going to help Takagi. Let them do it. Uh, we had IWGP Junior Heavyweight match. Desperado defeated Joe. 23 minutes, 24. Really good match. I, uh, I mean, it was a really, really, really good match. But, I mean... When you when you were talking about the other two matches, this one is easy to forget that it even happened. Um, the match itself was just it, it revolved around working each other's legs. Uh, El Desperado usually works towards the the numero dos, the stretch muffler, and Joe Joe before he got injured, he was starting to get into using Tatsumi Fujinami's arsenal, and so he kind of went back to it, but not fully. He's doing the dragon screw stuff like that. And so he also worked Desperado's uh, leg. And then it eventually came down to just hitting the bigger moves. You know, the, the Pinche Loco, the Guitarra del Angel. And Pinche Loco was the, 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 the move that eventually Desperado hit to win. After the match, Ishimori and, El and ELP challenged Joe and Joe for the tag titles. And Ishimori challenged Desperado for the singles. I think both those matches are taking place at Kisuna Road, the next tour. And so... I think Desperado versus Shimori should be good, and I think that's a match that Desperado should also win. I think at this point, Desperado is going to retain the championship until Hiromu's ready to, ready to come back. Like, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, but yeah, like those two matches built up. The And the, like the other two matches, because it was only a five-match show, which made it really easy to watch, really, uh, were pretty much set-up matches, tag matches to set up some stuff for Kisuna Road. The opener was Bullet Club, Chase Owens, El Fantasmo, Evil, Taiji Shimori, and Juhiro Takahashi, uh, along with Dick Togo, defeated Chaos, the team of Goto, Sho, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi for some reason. <laughs> uh, I was joking around that finally, after many, many years, Yoshihashi and Tanahashi are a tag team, and so I want to see the the team of the Futarihashi uh, pair up. But uh, this match is setting up... I believe it's been announced that it's going to be Ebol, Juhiro Takahashi, and Dick Togo versus Goto Ishii and Joshihashi for the Never Openweight Six Men titles. Uh, I was actually not sure if it was going to be 
Togo in the actual team, or if it's going to be like Owens or Ishimori, but it is going to be Togo. So I guess it's okay to have him wrestle. Uh, no complaints there. And the other one was LIJ, uh, Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya and I to defeat the Dangerous Deckers, uh, Taishi, Sergei Jr., and Doki. And what this is going to build is for Sanada and Tetsuya Naito to challenge the Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Saber for the tag titles. And that should be a really, really good, um, that should be a really good feud for the tag titles. Uh, because, I mean, Sanada and Saber have a history, Naito and Taichi have a history, and that only also means that we're going to get a bunch of Bushi versus Doki, which I'm, I'm okay with. And so it should be a really good feud uh, going into Kisuna Road. I don't know if they announced that the match is actually going to take place already at Kisuna Road or after. Uh, like I said, I don't really know what the calendar the calendars look like right now for for New Japan. It's a whole mess. But um, yeah, that's coming up, and and it, it it's going to be uh, interesting to see if they put the titles on Sanada and Naito since Chingo is a champion, because. I would imagine that Sanada and Naito are not going to be challenging Chingo at least for a while. <laughs> uh, given what we have left of the year, I don't think we're going to see Sanada and, and Naito challenge Chingo uh, because uh, I don't think Chingo is going to go to Wrestle Kingdom with the title. My opinion is that he should keep it throughout the G1 and lose it either at Power Struggle or King of Pro Wrestling. But uh, if that is the case, I don't think there's enough time to go through like opponents from others, uh, like like I guess heel opponents or like opponents from other stables, and then eventually come back to to your stable mates. So, given that, I wouldn't be surprised if Naito and Sanada win the tag titles later down the road, uh, maybe after one or two matches with the Dangerous Techers. But that was it for Dominion. It was a short show, but it was... I mean, when you have such a short show, but like all the matches have something going on for them, it, it makes up for a really enjoyable watch. And, I mean, isn't that what we all want about wrestling? Just an enjoyable watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, Dominion. Uh, we'll see how, how things go from now on with Takagi as a champion. I think... Uh, I think it's going to be positive. I'm I'm hoping that the title is indeed not cursed as Okada <laughs> uh, said it was. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see how the Shingo Takagi reign goes. Even if he lo loses the title in the first defense, we can always forever now call Shingo Takagi a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And that is it for Japan. Now we go all the way to the United States. And we have to talk about impact. But before I go, no, no, you know what? Let's, we're doing this live. Welcome to the impact forecast. Impact Wrestling for June the 10th. We have an episode this Thursday, but we also have Against All Odds on Saturday. And so a lot of the things that 
may happen on Saturday are going to be affected by what happens on Thursday. And so let's just go really quick on what is happening on Thursday. Announced we have Eddie Edwards versus Joe Doring. We have W. Morrissey versus Willie Mack. And we have two segments, one a match and one is a segment that are going to affect against a lot. The first one is um, Havoc is going to wrestle Rosemary. If Havoc wins the match, she gets added to the Rosemary versus Diana Parasso title match, making it a three-way. The same is going to happen with the Moose versus Kenny Omega match. There is going to be an Impact and AW Summit. Uh, Tony Khan is going to be there with Don Callis and Scott Demore to decide whether they allow Sammy Callahan to be added to the Moose versus Kenny Omega title match at against all odds because Sammy Callahan defeated Moose by DQ, but a defeat nonetheless um, on last week. And so that is affecting the show. That's all that has been announced for this week's uh, impact. But this is a go-home show, so I don't expect to see many, many matches. I do think we're getting... Um, I think we're getting... Uh, what's her face? Kimberly versus Tasha Steeles. I... I think I saw the graphic in my mind at one point. <laughs> I maybe imagine it, but I think that's also happening. Um, so it seems to be like a packed show for Impact. Just, I mean, Eddie Edwards versus Joe Doring alone is something worth watching, but there are a couple of matches with repercussions going forward. And for that matter, we can go over the against Olaf's uh, card so far. Uh, we have seven matches announced by uh, until like up to now. Uh, we have Joe Doring versus Satoshi Kojima, which should be fantastic. Rich Swan versus W. Morrissey, which I'm guessing is showing it's not going to be a full match. I think that's going to build to Slam Anniversary. Pity Williams, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, and Rohi Raju in an X Division number one contendership match, uh, probably to challenge Josh Alexander at. Uh, what would be Slammiversary, maybe? We have a knockout stack team match, um, title match, Fire and Flava defending the titles against Susan and Kimberly. We have Rhino and Diener of Byland by Design defending the titles, the tag titles against Decay, Black Taurus, and Crazy Steve. We have Diana Parasso versus Rosemary, which may turn into Diana Parasso versus Rosemary versus Havoc. And finally, the main event, we have Moose versus Kenny Omega for the Impact Championship, which may also turn into Moose versus Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan in a three-way dance for the Impact World Championship. Uh, both shows seem pretty decent. I, like, I'm not super excited about Sammy Callahan being at it. I'm really just, I really just want to see Moose versus Kenny Omega in a match. But I also understand that they may not want to have Moose get pinned um, so early in the Omega reign. Uh, they may want, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to keep Moose uh, eligible to win the championship, maybe towards Bound for Glory. And so having Callahan there, it may be the, the best way to do it. Just have Omega defeat Callahan to win the match. Then Moose has an argument that he wasn't defeated. Uh, this could also build to a singles between Omega and Moose and a singles between Omega and Callahan. So both are promising. 
the Diana Peraza versus Rosemary versus Havoc match. That is totally a filler match. I don't know what they're waiting for for anniversary. I'm still expecting Taylor Wilde versus Diana Peraza. But you never know uh, what's going to happen there. And so this just feels like filler. It's okay. Just, again, get out of the way. Peraza's probably going to, like, I don't know, like, tap out Havoc or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that is against a lot. That is impact for this Thursday. Totally recommend it. Just, I mean, just for the Joe Doring matches, I would totally tune in to watch it. Uh, both shows. And that's going to it to be it for WRPX this week. Um, the it was it was a long show. Uh, I just had so much to talk about Cyber Fight and Dominion that I didn't realize that we were already going long, but. I think it was worth it. Um, two shows definitely worth your worth going out of your way to watch. But like I said, this is it for this episode. Go to iTunes and Spotify uh, to find the podcast. You can also go to wrpxpodcast.com. Uh, you can go to thewrestlingrevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talked about. Well, the two shows that we talked about this week. And you'll be able to, also able to see... Um, the impact against a lot's review go up on probably Sunday. Um, for impact, you can go to Figure Four W Online where I, I do the live coverage every every impact show that happens. I am there doing the live coverage. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at DW Revolution, and that is it. As for Twitch, uh, I think we are changing the stream date to Thursdays right after Impact, where. I mean, we, we're still going to be watching 80s and 90s, Joshi and Puro. But, I mean, we've been having some really interesting conversations about every other type of wrestling that we don't necessarily cover here. Uh, but if you want to talk about anything, if you want to ask me what I thought about something, something that happened at the Fed, I can probably answer, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like drop by to Twitch on Thursday. I always post something on, on Twitter right before we go live. So, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.